This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Welcome back to another episode of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer. If you'd like to hear more information about our show today, for listeners in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva phone number is 262-729-4128. For listeners in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to reach out to us on our website, www.kramerinvestmentservices.com. Kramer is spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. And while on our website, you can listen to the past couple of our our podcast shows by clicking on both the media library and radio tabs. People who subscribe to podcast shows, Spotify, Apple, and Google, you can listen to all of our past shows. If you have any questions, if you'd like to schedule an appointment, uh, feel free to do so. We can do them both in person and virtually. Um, And feel free to reach out to us. We're here to help. So our topic today is sort of part two on what we had spoken about two weeks ago regarding do you have enough retirement money to live on. This one is going to be titled Annuities and the Income Gap. We're going to go into, you know, how much money do you need to retire, uh, discuss the income gap situation, longevity, and then how can a investment like an annuity help out in that regard. Uh, but before we do, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. And Jim, it's great to be here. I've had a great week. In fact, I spent some time, once again, went down, spent some time with my mom and dad. That was really good. Uh, It feels good to help them out as they get older. You know how that goes. So um, none of us are getting any younger, I guess, is the bottom line there. But yeah, I'm doing good. What have you been up to? Well, one of my... um one of my children had a birthday, so we were celebrating That's that. That's great. And, um, you know, the weather wasn't all that cooperative this weekend, so we, um, we were watching the NFL draft. Yeah, I watched that, uh, too. I was going to ask you, you know, you're straddling that line uh, between Wisconsin and Illinois. I know you have clients in both states. We have listeners in both states, but that's the Bears and Packers. That's quite a rivalry. You're kind of, uh, you have to kind of straddle that fence. I guess. Yes, I do. And I have friends on both sides sure. of it. And I try to take more of a Switzerland stance. Yeah, yeah I know I know, I know, know you do, but you, you love to watch the game. And uh, I, do. I know you like to watch both teams. But uh, And you know me, I'm a Vikings fan because I was born and raised in Minnesota. Who do you think, uh, out of the Packers, uh, Bears, Vikings, who, who had the best draft, do you think? Um. That's a tough one. I wasn't uh, all that excited about what the Bears did, but you know, I know they they had a a couple of good players they drafted just they had a chance to get the what they many people thought was the best player in the in the draft and they gave it to the Eagles. I know. 
<laughs> and I was a little surprised on that. That just made that team really good. Um, you know, we'll find out. It's one of those you you never know the day of. No. It's exciting to see who who's going to be on the team, but you never know how that's going to translate yeah. into, you know, are they going to become productive football right. players? Right, you never it's fun, know. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it, and it's a gamble. You never know. I mean, some of the top draft picks end up washing out right away, and sometimes you get a walk-on like, a Vikings got Adam Thielen. He was a walk-on, you know. He was from small school in Minnesota and uh, ended up being one of our better players. For, for- you know, I think I think picking football players, though, Tony, is like an art. It's not a science no, at all. I mean, it isn't. It's sort of like picking stocks, right? You know, yeah, it's, that's- it's no science to it. You can look at and study and research, and the and I know these scouts and general managers they do so much, but it's sort of like an investment. Uh, analyst, person who picks stocks, you can analyze all you want. It's just, you never know how things when are When the rubber go. actually meets the road, it, you don't yes. know, nobody has a crystal ball. Uh, so yeah. And the Vikings, we got a wide receiver who looks good. Although I was, uh, a lot of people thought we should have gotten a defensive player. Maybe. Um, I don't know. We'll see how the teams wash out this year. The central division should be interesting. Yeah. It seems like a lot of these GMs are not focusing on need anymore. It's more of, you know, with the analytics, whatever player comes out with the highest score, they're going to pick them, whether they need that help at that position or not. I'm noticing that even with Detroit, uh, Detroit didn't need a running back, but they got a running back. Right. That Um, that was so weird. Uh, yeah. A lot of people are wondering what was that? This draft was weird. It wasn't like anyone predicted either. So, uh, uh, they were saying it was not a good top end draft. Like they no. said, the first round had a lot of people that should not have been a first round draft pick in most years. Yeah, that's what I heard too. So we'll see. I mean, again, the jury's out, uh, but it is like finances. And I know we're yes. talking about filling the income gap. We talked about that in, in our last episode a couple of weeks ago. And this week, we're going to talk some more about that and, and ways to fill that income gap, right? Yeah, but let's first do a stock market update. We haven't do, oh, done that yeah, yet the this stock year. Market. All right. I love that bell. Yeah. All Opening right. Bell. So let's let's go through how the stock market is doing this year. Well, the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, and the NASDAQ uh, stock exchange are all up this year. You know, we have the S&P 500, believe it or not, up 9% year to date. Dow Jones is up over 3%. And NASDAQ, which did horribly last year, it was down around 30%. Well, that is most of the most of the losses have been recouped almost at this point, up 17% now for the year. 17% wow. on the NASDAQ. The the bond market, which had an historically bad year last year, yeah. it's up three and a half percent. but boy, when you look at the bond market over the past decade, its average rate of return is just around 1%. Um, not much better than a That's CD. That's not good. No, not good. The bond market has been struggling, although it's up a little bit. I think a lot of investors are anticipating the uh, rate pause from the Federal Reserve. That's helped boost up um, bonds for this year. I am seeing some inflationary bonds uh, get a much more momentum. People are actually putting them their money back into the bond market now, uh, more so than they have in, in the last few years. Let's see if that continues here. But uh, overall, stocks are, are up for the year. 
And I know a lot of people are not very optimistic right now because are we going into a recession? There's, you know, it's probable. It looks very strong that we're, we're going to. The question is to what degree it's going to be. And, and um, you know, we'd have to wait that yeah. out. But and I know the positive feds, numbers the so feds far. feds have been trying to, um, to, to hold inflation down but by raising those interest rates. But by doing that, uh, they may be pushing us into a recession, some people say. That's right. Yes. That's interesting. So um, hopefully we don't have a, a, a very big recession. And so far, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're trying to bring us in for a soft landing. But uh, like you say, you never know. Uh, but there are things you can do to help protect your money and help have a sound income plan uh, put in place, right? That's right. So, you know, two weeks ago, actually, when we did our last podcast, Tony, we talked about withdrawal percentages, like what would be a, an appropriate amount of w- withdrawals from your accounts that could last a certain number of years. And you told me so I could that, only take a, a half a percent out of my account. You, that's <laughs> at the most. That's at the most for you, Tony. I don't know if that's going to be enough to live on. Um. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tony. Half a percent. That's it. You're right. You did remember that. That's good. So, yes, I know. All right. So they did say that with a 90% degree of success, you can withdraw up to 4.6% of your retirement nest egg each year for your money to last 30 years. Okay. Now, for your money to last 25 years, it's 5%. And let's say you're an early retiree. You know, you retired at, say, 55, and you want to make sure that money lasts for 35 years. They say no more than 4.4%. But that's only a 90% degree of probability. You know, some people, that's not going to be enough. They want to have at least a 99% confidence level. So those numbers lower depending on how high a percentage of a confidence we want to have. So for most investors, for your money to last 30 years, um, at a 99% degree of confidence, it's three and a half percent of the money should be withdrawn out. And for some people that may not be enough. So that's where we need to get into, should we work longer? Um, should we start looking into annuities? Because annuities can do certain things that other investments can't do. Now, I rarely, I would never actually recommend you put all your nest egg into an annuity. Well, no. But if you have a, go ahead. Well, no. Yeah. And I think what you're saying here is you have social security, you take that percentage out of uh, whatever you've saved in 401ks, IRAs for retirement, but what's left over that you still need is that income gap. And now we're talking about how to fill it, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. So first off, talking about the withdrawal percentages, you know, say somebody has a need of uh, $20,000 a year of income and they have a nest egg of, let's say, you know, 300,000, um, you're pulling out that percentage. That is at about a 6.67% uh, withdrawal rate. So now we're starting to get into the heavy withdrawal phase. And really what they would tell you through this Fidelity uh, research um, article that they came out with is you're going to need a lot more money than that. You're going to need over a half a million dollars. So what do we do here? Do we try to reduce that that uh, income gap, maybe live on less, or do you want to work a little bit longer and help build up that retirement nest egg? But annuities, that's where they can come into play here and help out 
quite a bit. And annuities can guarantee a withdrawal percentage that's typically higher than the numbers that we're looking at here, from 4.6% to 3.5%. I've seen plenty of annuities, especially ones where you purchase it, and let's say at age 60, and you don't need the money until age 65 when you actually retire. You can get that 6 to 7% withdrawal rate out of an annuity. So an individual who doesn't quite have an, is enough set aside of what you would usually recommend based on this Fidelity article, annuities can help in that regard. And then you can know, and, and usually if you buy the right annuity, it will last you the rest of your life, not just 30 or 35 years, but we're talking indefinitely. Certainly there are different annuities and they're all cut out differently. Some will mature at the age of 95. So if you're getting a lifetime income, you started at age 70, you have to know that once that 25th year is up, there's no more payments. They will just pay out whatever is remaining in the contract and they consider it to be an annuitized um, plan where they pay out whatever the balance is at that point in time. So if you live longer than, than say 95, that would not be the, the right thing here. But many of these annuities will provide that income, typically a higher percentage which especially when we're in a world like this, there's so many unknowns, that's where annuities can be a good thing. If your risk temperament justifies it though, because if you're a conservative, excuse me, if you're an aggressive investor and you can afford to go through the trough, what I mean is the downturns of the market going down 20, 30%, and you have a good advisor who can look through the numbers and say, yes, you can afford to go through that, well then, you're probably in the long run going to come out better not having the annuity. But for the most of people in the United States, when you get into retirement, there's so much uncertainty that having that little extra guarantee, similar to a pension, which most people don't have, can be a really beneficial part of an overall financial strategy. Yeah. And like you say, I mean, you have to look at all the possible tools and strategies out there. And annuities are just one of them. And there are many different types of annuities. And we've talked some about that on previous shows. But uh, you said, you mentioned earlier, you would never recommend somebody put all their eggs in one basket. In other words, all their money in stocks or all their money in annuities or all their money in a bank, right? I, I would never do that. But one of the things about annuities people have to understand is there's a give and a take. There's some very beneficial parts to the annuity. The guarantees that it can provide, the withdrawal benefit guarantees are probably the most important part of this. It's safe, designed to protect you from losing money in a down market like last year. But there's a limitation, especially when you first buy that annuity, as to how much you can draw out. Uh, there's typically a uh, surrender charge period, and that can range typically from as low as five years and I've seen, well, for the ones I've seen mostly, about 12 years is your, your top end. Some of the older annuities would go out as much as 20 years. Yikes. Um, yes, but as long as you're not putting too much of your nest egg in to it, you're going to be fine. You just want to make sure you have enough other money to lean on uh, in case you do need but that money because you're limiting yourself quite a bit uh, within the annuity through that surrender charge sure. period. Sure. And, you know, and people say I, 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 what I like about, especially like fixed index annuities, fixed annuities and fixed index annuities is your principal's protected. So if you have put a hundred thousand dollars in, you've got that hundred thousand dollars and there are little to no fees, uh, for a lot of annuities, especially fixed index annuities. 
and your principles uh, protected and guaranteed by the issue, you know, claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company, which uh, they are very solid. Uh, they don't default. So that's awesome. But you, like you say, you give up some liquidity and, um, you know, you limit yourself on the upside to what, you know, you might do in the stock market, but a lot of times you can get uh, really good rates, uh, better rates than you would at a bank or a CD, right? Yes. Usually the annuity company will outperform what a bank deposit would offer on the fixed rate side. Sometimes it doesn't though. Um, but some of the, the companies today certainly have raised their fixed rate options within these indexed annuities. And certainly right now, if all you wanted is a fixed rate, uh, it's very competitive right now. More banks are offering higher and higher rates, but the annuity companies are still offering better deals right now to, to many individuals. Um, they're safe uh, because they are government insured up to a certain point. Each state would offer that, like say in Illinois, there's $250,000 worth of a guarantee. And in Wisconsin, it's $300,000. Every state is going to be different. So if you try, if you purchase an annuity in one state and then you relocate to another state, that new state that you're in insures that annuity in the event that they go under. Now, we're seeing some banks start to uh, go under. And what we're finding now is bigger banks are coming in and purchasing them. And in the event something happens to an annuity company, the same probable outcome occurs. But the states insure the annuities, unlike the banks where the federal government is doing that. Ah, okay. So I'm glad you explained the differences there and what people need to be aware of. Uh, but it is good to know. And you you really only recommend what's in your client's best interests as a, a financial advisor. And I think that's important to point out. And our listeners shouldn't be going it alone. They should be working with somebody like yourself, correct? I think 99% of the population should look to some form of financial advice. Uh, There's a few people that they're really good at doing it themselves. But for the vast majority of, of people out there, there's so much complexity now to the world. Income planning is so important. And because of life expectancy, now a 65-year-old female, average life expectancy now is over the age of 85. And for a male, it's almost the age of 83. So at the very minimum, somebody retiring in their mid-60s, we have to plan out, unless their health is very poor, we have to plan out a minimum of 20 years. But more realistically, we're seeing more and more people cross the 90 threshold. My father has been in retirement now for 34 years. He retired due to health reasons at 58. He's 92 years old right now. Um, he's doing better now, and he was at 58. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Um, That's really something. Yeah, and I know you had a, a, a grandfather that made it to 100. 101. 101 is amazing. Yeah, and, and I mean, he was. So we just don't yeah, know. Yeah, and he was going. Uh, I mean, when he turned 101, he was still going, still active, still camping. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> I know. But you know, and that's great. If your quality of life is is good at that age, that's wonderful. But I will say that um, 30 years ago, the need for a financial advisor or a uh, financial planner was very limited because most people had pensions. And along with their Social Security, which they, they were full retirement age eligible at age 65, that was the, the magic year most, most Americans retired. They got their Medicare. They had Social Security. They had a pension. 
They just knew what their income was and life expectancy was 10 to 15 years out. So it was just when you retired, you took social security. Life was simpler. This is a much more complicated world with life expectancy. We don't have pensions. There's tax issues, ramifications. The, the IRS code is so complex that working with an advisor who can help guide you through this, how does your social security get affected by large withdrawals you make out of your 401k or your IRA. Having that proactive advice before you make those decisions can be really, really helpful. And especially if you're thinking of financing versus making a withdrawal from your account, a good advisor can tell you what is going to be more affordable in taking the interest and going with a loan or the paying the taxes. And sometimes doing some proactive tax planning, especially when we're in a rising tax environment, all this goes hand in hand. We talk about how much do you need to retire? A good advisor should be able to answer that question by knowing your situation. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's really important to note that you should work with a financial advisor. Don't try to go it alone. And you're right, 30, 40 years ago, things were a little different. They're constantly changing. And now things are more complicated, like when you should file for Social Security and uh, Medicare plans. So you really need to work with uh, somebody like that, somebody like yourself. How can our listeners out there get a hold of you? Okay, Tony. So for people in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva office number is 262-729-4128. If you're in Illinois, our McHenry office number is 815 815- Three three one eight zero nine six. Well, Jim, this has been a great show. I think it's fantastic. Uh, why don't you give that phone number one more time before we go? 262-729-4128 in Wisconsin. 815-331-8096 in Illinois. All right. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramen Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representative representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.